0: Welcome to the OT Lifestyle Movement. This is for the occupational therapy visionaries and the ones who see things differently. We're moving our profession forward through living and leading a truly holistic lifestyle. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the OT Lifestyle Movement podcast. I'm Rhiannon Crisp, occupational therapist, personal trainer and founder of otlifestylemovement.com. Today, we are gonna be chatting all about spirituality, meaning and rituals, and how we need to nourish ourselves first so we can best serve the people that we seek to help. And we are talking with Deborah Battistella. Deborah has been an OT since 2001, and she's the founder of Creative Concepts in Occupational Therapy, where she helps rehab medicine OTs save time own their day, and bring passion to practice. Deb says she loves people and OT. And this kind of works out well, seeing as though occupational therapy is all about helping people. Welcome, Deb.
1: Thanks, Rhiannon.
0: Awesome to have you here and for you to bring your light and your energy to this podcast and this conversation. And I'm super excited to dive deep into it because it's something that Excites me. But before we do, we always rewind the clock. And I'd love it if you could just give us a bit of a backstory about your journey and how you came to do the work that you're currently doing
1: now. Ooh, okay. Good question. So I think I've always had a little bit of a spiritual flair about myself. Um I remember being a little girl raised Roman Catholic. And I remember having this rosary and praying the rosary because I heard some story that if you pray the rosary, that miracles will happen. So it's kind of always been that way for me. Religion hasn't always worked out well for me. That's a whole other story. Um, So I'm not religious, but I want to know myself and I've, think that the best way to know yourself is to start connecting somehow, some way. And I do that through being in nature and meditating. And um, I guess I'll say the more I let go of all of these older beliefs that I've carried around with me for my whole life, the easier it is to know myself. And the more I get to know myself, I actually find that I can like myself and then when I'm doing occupational therapy, whether I'm teaching occupational therapy or making something for occupational therapy or providing OT services, I show up better.
0: Mm, I love that. And I love what you said about having a look and even challenging our own belief systems. Um, this is really interesting. How, how, how do you go about this? Like what what is it that you do? Because so often I feel like we are in a rut and we don't even know what our beliefs are. We don't even really know exactly what it is that we're holding on to because they're so deeply ingrained into who we are and our identity.
1: They are. So, I have a degree in anthropology. And okay, so now I'm going to have to go into some of that backstory that I wasn't going to go into. Yeah, (laughs) I'm
0: I'm, I'm curious to to hear a bit about your history. And I I think it's really interesting because this is how we can connect. And I feel like story is so powerful. And if we can find a common thread and connect with that somehow, it can really deeply resonate with whoever's listening right now.
1: I agree with you. Yeah. Sharing stories kind of, it's challenging sometimes because, but the more I know myself, the more I accept myself, I guess we all have stories. So like I said, I was raised Roman Catholic and my mom died when I was 19. And so it was a very tumultuous time for me. I wasn't close with my dad. And so somehow I came upon this Pentecostal church and, you know, I mean, they said that, that the Bible is true and this is what the Bible says and I thought well if that's what the Bible says then I better do it and so I did a lot of things out of fear and I went to that church for a very long time and then I knew I was going to be getting divorced so I thought well my life plans not going the way that I wanted it to I better get an education so I was going to go to PT school but that required different types of math and math and I are not like, that's not my favorite. So someone told me about OT. So I I went to school to become an occupational therapy assistant, fell in love with OT, fell in love with learning. So I decided I'm going to become an occupational therapist. In the course of that path, I went to anthropology school. So anthropology courses will cause you to start questioning what you're, what are you doing? And so during that time, was becoming more educated and the more educated i became and the more i started questioning my beliefs i started looking at that church and i'm thinking what am i doing here i don't really belong here so like i started to kind of distance, distance myself from it and in that time i learned about cognitive dissonance and that is like one of the most fascinating topics to consider because when there's too much dissonance people can't they can't walk away from a belief they can't face a belief And I understand it. It's hard, and it took a long time to heal from that experience of being in such a rigid space and a rigid mindset. And I kind of felt lost, I guess. But I was lost forever. I mean, what what teenager knows themselves, you know? And then, you know, just life events, and so. Are you able to describe and share what cognitive
0: dissonance is for those listening?
1: It's, it's really just when you learn that a belief that you have isn't true. Like that's how I look at it. You learn that this belief or this thing that you've been carrying around with you, the way that you do your life isn't true. And then it, it really creates, um, pain inside of you questions all of these questions and some people can't step away like they they just say well this is what we do and they they can't find the capacity within themselves to to step aside and say is this truth or is this a belief they don't I don't I don't know really if I'm correct mm-hmm. I'm not a psychologist you know but I do have that little bit of psychology background. And I I think that when our beliefs are so strong that we can't, that we, we just can't even question something. Yeah. It's too disruptive. Quite
0: a journey with those things, those life events going on for you at 19, the passing of your mom at, I'm not sure what age it was, but going through that divorce These life events, these really major life events, I feel are the times when we start to look inward and we do, we ask these big questions, who am I, what am I doing, what is my purpose? And I think sometimes it's not only until that we have a big life event like that, that all these things start to come to the surface and questioning those belief systems, man, this is something that I'm really passionate about because I try and be more aware. I try and bring more awareness to the the beliefs that I hold on to strongly because I know there have been certain times in my life when, you know, say for example, you know, you have gone to a conference about paleo diet or, was something that you are really into and you bring it home, you tell your family and your friends and you think everyone should go paleo. No one gets it, but you're like, don't you see it? Like this is the best thing. This is what you need to be doing. This is going to improve your health, your wellness, your energy. And you just don't understand what other people don't see through the same lens that you do. And whatever that is, you know, I have definitely experienced that paleo, <laughs> that, that thing, and I am not doing it now. But at the time, I felt so strongly about the actions and the beliefs that I had and didn't understand why no one else could see it.
1: Yes. That's what happened to me when I was going to the church. And... You know, when you step away from something like that and you just kind of take this outside look, well, first of all, sometimes I just laugh because it's not as serious as everybody thinks it is. But when you're in the middle of something like my, I have a very large extended family and they were very concerned about me and I lost some relationships because of it. But then the interesting thing that happens is when you walk away from something like that, it's like all the people in the organization turn on you. And those are the things that make me think about what you're saying. Like, you're so passionate about something and you see it. But then for you, what made it change for the paleo?
0: Interesting question. I think for me in that specific instance, it was just that I kind of grew out of it and it wasn't for me anymore. And then, so it took that really stepping outside myself to realize that it it wasn't for me to understand that it's not for everyone and that my belief systems are very different to everyone else's. And there isn't this one size fits all so when we bring it back to OT I think this is really important to understand that everyone's realities is different everyone's journey and their story is different everyone's belief systems is based upon their environment their upbringing their culture their way of life the media that they're exposed to on a daily basis all these things influence our belief systems and make up the fabric Of who we are and so really it took me to not believe in that anymore for me to have that understanding that yeah right okay so it it isn't for everyone because it's no longer for me and I think it's those times because we can get all evangelistic about our beliefs we get all you know everyone should be doing this or everyone should meditate every day like I don't meditate And, you know, I understand the health benefits of meditation and sitting there in stillness and calming the body and the physiological effects that it can have on the body. But I do other things um, and maybe they would be classed as meditation, but it's not so much as a formal practice. I just feel like when we get on our high horse about whatever it is that we truly believe, we just need to understand that, it's not going to resonate with everyone, and that everyone has a very different story and a very different journey to us. So keep doing your thing, but don't push it on to others.
1: Yes, that's a really big point. And I think, not sure what I want to say here, but like it, it takes. Everybody has a different time frame for learning those things. And you're much younger than I am coming to these conclusions or are they openings? You know, I think they're beginnings for a lot of things. And I, I, I think that um, the more experiences you have, obviously the more well-rounded you are and the more you understand what you were saying before, that people have their own journeys, people have their own beliefs, they have their own stories And for occupational therapy, it's made me a better OT, I think, in my opinion. Um, And having the cultural anthropology background really helped, too, to be able to look at people's lives as their lives, and their lives are important to them. They are somebody to someone, and their families are important to them, and the ways that they do their families... Are important to them, and they the ways that we do things are what give us our meaning, our security, and life.
0: Mm. And we do things because of our deeply ingrained belief systems. We do what mm-hmm. we do because of our beliefs. Yeah. So I'd love to ask you then, what are ways that you explore your own self growth and your own evolution? Like, what do you do? Do you have any rituals or practices that you have? in your everyday life. And yeah, I'd love just to get an insight into that.
1: Yeah, I do have some practices and I guess I do perform them kind of ritualistically, but recently I've learned, it seems like the deeper I go into myself and and know myself better, I find these fine lines. I call them the fine line because like, so when coming from my background that I came from, it's good to have a routine. It's good to have these rituals. But when they, when they cause anxiety, when they get in the way of life, when you feel like you didn't do your life right because you didn't give yourself enough time in the morning to meditate or do yoga or whatever, then that, that's not, that takes away from the benefits of the practice that you're doing. So I meditate every day. I have tried, I tried meditation... Different types of meditation over many, many years. And I had gotten to a point where I really was kind of sick. And I found Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he incorporates in his meditations, he does breath work, he he explains, you know, movement of cerebrospinal fluid and you know open focus meditation, all this stuff. And I ended up buying a course of his because I was so desperate to feel better. And it actually works. So I had committed to it for a long time. But then I was, then I got like, why am I doing this? Like, what am I, what is my goal here? What is my purpose for this?
0: What worked? So I, what was working for you? I, th-
1: I think it was the, um I think it was the breath mm. work. I had a lot of gut health issues. and He has you, you know, you um, contract your muscles from the pelvic floor all the way up through the upper abdomen while breathing in. You hold the breath for a a while and then you release. And the first time I did that, I didn't even follow the directions and I felt better the next day. and, And I was seeing a Physical therapist at the time who did a lot of cranial sacral therapy. She put her hands on me after like three days of that and she said, I've never felt your body like this. Wow. But I think you know, you have to make you have to change your thinking, is what I'm finally learning. You have to change your the way that your thoughts work in how do order to do for- that. <laughs>
0: this is the golden <laughs>
1: question. How do we, how
0: do we, because thoughts pop up like they're so mm-hmm. instant and it's automatic like how do we yeah. how do we change our thoughts how do we stop our thoughts
1: or do we, is what, it just noticing them i don't think we're supposed to stop them i think we're supposed to notice them and then switch them um i think it's it's a bit of mind training and just deciding what do you want to be thinking about? But I think before even that, you have to accept your thoughts. That's the piece that I've learned more recently that is really beneficial. So um, I just started noticing every and just writing it all down. And I'm like, did you – you were really thinking that? And when you do that, you hear stuff in your head that you don't even know you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh my god! I won't get you to share. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even know. <laughs> ah,
0: but what an interesting process. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you say accepting your thoughts, what exactly are you doing? What does that mean?
1: I just, I just say, oh, like I try not to judge. I think where mm. judgment is a big problem. And I think that we spend, we spend a lot of time judging other people, but I don't think until you start paying attention to what you're thinking, you don't realize that you're judging yourself and it's very damaging. And um, I just, I don't know. I just started writing them down and then I, I started being aware of, well, what do you really want to be thinking about? And so I just started thinking, well, I want, I want to like myself. You know, I want, I want to look at my body and know this is my body and I'm okay with my body. Um, just things like that, like even my mind, you know.
0: Yeah, I think so many of us just go through the motions and go through life without ever really knowing who we are and mm-hmm. what our potential is. I'd love it if you could talk to me about this idea around serving ourselves before we serve others Um, because I think it takes some sort of spiritual wisdom to really look inwards and making sure our actions are aligned with our values and doing things that are important to us before we're going out and saving the world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Right. Well, I think that's, part of what we were just talking about with knowing your thoughts like you have to know your values and so when you spend that time with yourself learning about who you really are and who you want to be it's not really that easy Um, because if you haven't been thinking about it then you have to figure out what that is Um, but in terms of serving yourself like so I have a rehab Background. I worked in all levels of acute, all levels of rehab. And it's busy. You know, they just keep putting more and more work on people, taking time away from documentation and that whole thing that happens. And I teach, and I teach a lot of courses, and there's papers to grade, and you want to teach good content, and there's fieldwork coordination that needs to be done, and all of this stuff. And I've done it from this place of, I'm so busy. I just don't have enough time. And I just work, 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 work all the time.
0: Mm.
1: And that's not very much fun.
0: No, but it's easy to fall into.
1: It is easy to fall into. So when COVID happened, I did get furloughed from the hospital job that I had, which gave me weekends. And so I, I made a choice. I realized that I was given this time, so I should not fill it up with work. I knew that I knew enough to not fill it up with work. And I had to figure out what I would do with my time. And I think that's hard for some people. Sometimes I know it was challenging for me. Like I started doing house projects and then I thought this is still work. So I read a book and I found out that by the time Monday came around, I was ready to do college stuff. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is interesting. Like, you can actually feel rested enough that you can think well for your job. And then at the college, we ended up going virtual, and all of everything got turned upside down. And I made a conscious decision that I was going to stop freaking out about everything that came my way. So, I we have learning management systems but I wasn't using them to the full capacity but I had to learn.
0: Yeah, I think it's about creating this space in our day. I feel like our day is so busy and so full that we're not creating enough white space to read the book or to go out and literally just soak up that little bit of sunshine. We are just every minute we are consumed with another to do. And so yesterday I was getting a lot of voicemails over the last few weeks. And I do not like voicemails because it's just another thing that I need to check. So yesterday I called up and it took a while actually to go through the process to turn it off more than what I thought, but I switched it off. And now I don't get any voicemails. And this was something that was really important to me because I've got enough different platforms and places that I need to check in with people and messages that I need to check. So finding ways to create that space so you can be more productive and do more things that bring you joy and be present in the moment. And I think, yeah, what you said is beautiful. And I think we need to be doing more of that
1: like what you said about white space I think that people get nervous with white space so they give themselves more work to do and that's what I know that's what I was doing
0: yes it's still a challenge for me I'm very much like that myself I'm very much go 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 until my head hits the pillow at night and then it's like as soon as I wake up at 4 40 in the morning it's gym and then it's come back do a bit of work get the kids ready for school work 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 dinner bath bath Bed for the kids, you know, it, it, it is challenging. But I literally try and find micro moments. And I feel a lot of it has to do with awareness, like bringing out awareness to the moment. And instead of going on social media for a quick flick, it's, okay, let me just take this time and just breathe and just let my face you know soak up the sunshine or just be in nature for a moment and then move on because that is so much more energy giving like you're you're receiving energy rather than draining your energy through your social media platforms that's what i feel anyway but it's it's not i don't always practice it so it's something i'm constantly working on me too I think we
1: all yes, are. Mm. yeah. Um, on days when I don't go on social media, I notice that I feel better at the end of the day. Mm. And also, what you're saying, just giving yourself the space. So when you know that something new is coming along, like you can get upset about it and get anxious, but you can't learn as well. So your brain is so busy in the anxiety state that it's in pretty much a fight or flight for some people. I know that's where I was living. And as I was able to start calming myself down, I found out that I could learn things quicker. And especially with technology, I like learning the technology and I like helping other people learn the technology. And in this whole process, somehow I've discovered this is really like our OT role is in this space of helping people take their next step. That's really what OT is. And I've just had some really marvelous experiences unfold for me as I have just allowed things to flow. And life can be pretty fun when it's like that.
0: Mm, Yes, this life flow. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I feel like Yeah, we're just so much on autopilot and we're on the hamster wheel just getting everything done that we don't even create the space to think about spirituality, to think about... And when I talk about spirituality, I suppose I mean just what's my purpose? What am I here to do? What's what's the bigger meaning out there for me in this world, in this life? And connecting to that. And I really don't feel like there's a you know, a more important task that we can do than that, you know, to create time for this rather than scrolling on social media just to fill in a few minutes while we're waiting for someone at the coffee shop. You know, maybe we can just take some time and reflect or close our eyes for a moment and just be still and be calm and see what comes up for us. Um, And I feel like this is where a lot of our creativity stems from too, is when we're in these moments of flow, this flow state. So getting out there, being in nature, reading a book, listening to the leaders and the gurus that inspire you. Like I know I'm obsessed with podcasts and that's a way that I will just tune in to learn more. But then I suppose, Some parts of the challenges that I have for myself is turning it off so I can just reflect on that and and let that sit with me for a while and marinate on that for a little bit. Um, But following my intuition and listening to my gut, these are all things that I feel like I do as part of my spiritual practice and being who I am and showing up authentically and my own self-growth. Yeah. How does that land for you?
1: (laughs) I think that's truth. And I think that um, sometimes we're so used to being told what to do that we don't know about our gut or our desires and those things. And for me, that's been a large part of my life. So that's what I'm learning to do now. And
0: in what way can I
1: ask? Well, I'm trying to do it in all ways of my life and be in that flow state more, allowing. But I can tell you that, um, so I had these opportunities, I had these really cool opportunities over the past year to be a fieldwork supervisor for some school, uh, my school and another OT school because fieldwork was kind of put on hold. So we created these virtual field works with community agencies. And this is so hilarious because I've had this dream to be a community OT for a long time. And I tried it once and it just, it wasn't the right time. It didn't work. And so here I am supervising three groups of four students in these community agencies and I had to make something like the the field work coordinator from the school gave me the syllabus and gave me the learning objectives but I had to make it and it was so much fun and I had what I wanted to do it and I was like oh could I do that and she said yes and I had one moment where I got scared and it was I had enough self-awareness to say Well, you can act like the scared person that you've always been, or you can just know that you'll know what to do. And it just unfolded. And it was, I never experienced anything like that before in my life, where I knew what to do by doing one thing. And all of my OT training, all of my years of OT experience, like we think that, oh, rehab, it's so different from the community. People's needs our people's needs and when you're looking at the situation and identifying what the needs are then we know how to fulfill those needs and then the same thing happened at my college and i just it's just so much more fulfilling than just going to work in a rehab facility and and i loved rehab those years when I did it and I appreciate rehab therapists and it, my heart is still there, but being able to make something that's unique for people is, mm. you know, really yeah, feeds my soul.
0: Yes, I know. And these are the things, you know, we need to find what nourishes our soul. And this is different for everyone. It could be rehab community. It could be peds. It could be elderly. It could be wellness. It could be health promotion and whatever it is for you. You know, there's so many different areas, oncology, um, working with people who are at the end stages of their life. Like I think that would be an amazing, you know, I've just had my nan pass away this year and I just think We have so much to offer. We, as occupational therapists, have so many tools, so many beautiful underpinnings to our profession that allow us to show up and build beautiful connections and relationships with people. And listening to their life story and their life journey, being their cheerleader and their tour guide, and really supporting them in any way that they need or require to live their best life. So 100%, I feel like just showing up, following the trail, following the thread of our own curiosity, doing work that matters to us, and showing up in the best way that we can by doing all this, self-care and all this work on ourselves means that we are going to show up in a much better way and have a much bigger impact I know I know I have been in jobs that haven't served me that weren't right fit for me and it oh it was it's draining you drag your feet to work you don't want to be there it's hard you're looking at your watch trying to Count down the, the hours and the minutes before you clock off and go home and actually live your life. And it is this hamster wheel. It's just, it's Groundhog Day every day. So really tapping in, you know, if I could talk to the theme of this episode today, I feel like it's understanding your belief systems and what you mentioned at the start is challenging, challenging them, challenging the belief systems that you have And understanding that every single person on this planet has a different set of belief systems based on who they are and the world around them and how they see the world through their lens. And nourishing yourself through self-care practices. You've mentioned a few of yours. Find what it is that works for you because everyone has something different. We all have different things and don't go following the trend. You know, I feel like everyone feels they have to be a yogi and a Reiki three master and this and that, and, you know, this is what it means to be spiritual. And I think if we think that we're totally missing the point. So, yeah.
1: I agree. It's, um, so I'm a level two Reiki practitioner and I thought when I did it that I would have a Reiki practice. I don't currently. The most interesting thing happened, though, and this is why I wanted to talk about this topic with you is because it, it affects how you show up, and which affects the people around you. So after I came back from I, the AOTA conference, and that's where I was attuned to Reiki, and the next time I went to the hospital, all of the people I worked with wanted to hold my hands.
0: They mm-hmm. just,
1: and you could see them relax. And that's what, very sick people need to do is just relax. And, and I just thought, well, this is the most interesting thing ever. And everything is energy, even if we don't know it, even if we don't believe it, it's true. And so I just made it my point to be my best self. Can you and- talk to
0: me about everything is energy? Oh. I love this. Can we do a <laughs> bit of a deeper dive before we start to close it off? <laughs>
1: I'm not, you know, I'm not really schooled on this stuff just from listening to different scientists and following different people who get into the energy of things, but everything is energy and we have, we have energy centers in our body. I know some people call them chakras. It doesn't really matter what you call them, but when you connect with them and keep yourself healthy and in tune with them then your body runs better and it's all of that that attracts to you whatever you're attracting to you which is kind of hard to wrap your head around when you don't know this stuff um there's dr carolyn leaf that i've i have one of her books and she has a similar background as dr joe dispenza and when you start listening and learning about the neurochemicals and the vibrations in our bodies, and how that our emotions are involved in all of this—that's um, what makes our experiences what they are. And um, yeah, it's I, so
0: interesting. Yeah, sorry, I thought you were going to pause.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I just when I start thinking about things in terms of my brain and my body it kind of takes the pressure off of me feeling like i need to i mean i know that i'm responsible for my actions we are all responsible for our actions but once we start to understand that a lot of what we're driven to do is not conscious it's it's our brain trying to keep us safe and protected based on all of our past experiences it takes the pressure off and, know, oh, gives me, for me, it gives me space to become more inquisitive and just relax and become even more. Mm. I just want to know who I really am. Mm. Mm.
0: and it's a lifelong journey i think i don't think we ever go i know who i really am i think because we are constantly (laughs) evolving and we're constantly growing and we're changing and our belief systems are fluid and dynamic you know i i feel if we get stuck in a certain way and it is how it is and we don't take on any new information because we are so stuck in our belief systems and i've been there and a lot of people have been there then we don't open the doors to opportunity. We don't open the doors to growth. We don't open the doors to changing who we are and exploring who we are and becoming our best version of ourselves. And I love what you said about the energy. And there was something there that I wanted to touch on quickly was that we need to show up with the kind of energy that we want to attract. So this could be anything. This could be in terms of, work it could be relationships so if you're seeking out a partner who is high vibe and fun and enthusiastic about life but your energy is way down here and you're in a state where you're depressed and anxious and not loving life you're not going to attract that partner into your life you need to be and match that vibrational energy to attract that into your life. So it all comes back to, I feel like it's all coming back to identity and self and nourishing self. Be that energy, be that person that you want to surround yourself with. Cause this is, they say, you know, your, your vibe attracts your tribe. And this is exactly it. It's this, it's this vibe. It's this energy that we have, that we have these invisible ripple effects and waves out to people who are who are picking up what we're putting down so yeah be that energy and you will attract that into your life in whatever aspect of life you're talking about Truth. so yes truth hashtag truth (laughs) ot truth (laughs) let's head to the we've got three rapid fire questions deb are you ready for them
1: i don't know (laughs) let's find out
0: I'll just say yes. <laughs> yes, you are. You are Number one, in one sentence, how do you describe OT?
1: This is why I should have listened to one of your podcasts before <laughs> I did this.
0: What does, I mean, it's, I'm not asking for an elevator pitch or anything like that. It's, but you know what? What, what is OT to you?
1: It's everything, everything that we do in life is occupational therapy. And it's all about meaning.
0: 100% agree. Meaning in life. Yeah. Number two, what's one healthy lifestyle habit listeners can implement today?
1: Drink more water.
0: Yes, I think that's what all the health gurus say too. <laughs>
1: I think they do. It's it's um, it's where I started when I knew I needed to be healthier. I thought, you know what, I can drink more water every day.
0: Yes, and it's not like you're removing something from the diet or something that might be tricky. It's just adding to the diet, adding, yeah, filling up that cup a few more times in the day, having a few drink bottles lying around.
1: Yeah, I think it's um, making that commitment to yourself because you love yourself. Like I'm going to show myself that I really do care about me by drinking this water. Thank you
0: for the reminder because I am going to be more mindful of that today. (laughs) Number three, if you could only offer one piece of advice to OTs, what would it be?
1: It would be to understand what it really means to help your clients. And it's, it's not, making them be who you are it's finding out who they are what makes them tick and helping them to do that
0: Mm, i love it perfect thank you so much deborah if i could give you a big hug i would big virtual hug coming your way that was amazing and i loved oh my gosh that stuff just gets me super pumped So I hope everyone enjoys this and really takes the time to reflect on it. And maybe it's just a bit of insight for their day today. Now, how can everyone find you, Deb? If people want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about you and the different courses and trainings that you do, where can they find you?
1: They can find me at www.creativeconcepts.com and occupationaltherapy.com or creativeconceptsot.com. I have a podcast with Pete Levine, Noggins and Neurons. We talk all about stroke and TBI, recovery. Yeah, that's where you can find
0: me. Awesome. I am looking forward to checking this podcast out because I didn't know. I didn't know about it. So <laughs> this is exciting. What, neuro and Noggins. Noggins and Neuro.
1: Noggins and neurons. Neurons. Oh, so good. Yes.
0: I love it. I love <laughs> that title. Very creative. Yes. Thank awesome. you. Thank you so much, Deb, for
1: your time. Oh, thank you. This was wonderful. That's
0: it, guys. I hope this episode resonated with you. But more importantly, I hope it inspires you to take action. If you hang out over on Instagram, come over and say hi. Let's connect. I'm at Lianna and Chris. And we'd absolutely love your radiant energy in our Facebook group family. You can find us simply by searching the OT Lifestyle Movement in Facebook. If you love this episode, I'd be super grateful if you shared it. You can take a screenshot right now and share it on Instagram or Facebook so we can connect with more amazing, open-minded OTs from around the world. And if you are sharing it on Instagram, make sure you tag me at Chris so I can share it on my platforms as well. The more we share the OT lifestyle movement, the more we can create a ripple effect. And if you do love the podcast, please give us a five-star review so we can be found more easily. So that's it, guys. Go out, create the epic change that you seek in the world, one occupation at a time. Carpe diem, guys.